This week, J&J subfiles Chapter 11 in a bid to use Texas two-step to manage child-related claims. Riverbed announces terms of RSA that gives a Powell-led group majority control. Promessa Oversight Board agrees to plan of adjustment concessions and conditions demanded by Governor. LATAM seeks 30-day exclusivity extension. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in high-yield distress and in bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. I'm on my own this week, but my partner on the Week in Review, Julian Bilan, will be back next week. We'll be taking a brief fall break this week from our deep dive segment, but we'll be back next week with regularly scheduled premium content. It's Friday, October 15th. New Jersey-based LTL Management LLC, a newly created and separate subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, established to manage and defend what it calls a virtual tidal wave of calculated claims during the last five years, filed for bankruptcy protection in the Western District of North Carolina on October 14th. The debtor was spun out of Johnson & Johnson via a controversial Texas two-step divisional merger that some parties have suggested it could shield a recipient of assets from fraudulent transfer liability. At least one TALC plaintiff group has already vowed to fight what it says is an abuse of the bankruptcy system. As established after the divisional merger, LTL is the beneficiary of a wholly owned subsidiary, Royalty A&M LLC, that owns a portfolio of royalty revenue streams that is projected to generate $50 million in revenue per year over the next five years. The debtor estimates its interest in royalty to have a fair market value of approximately $367.1 million as the petition date. LTL and Royalty are both North Carolina limited liability companies. LTL is also supported by a funding agreement dated October 12th between the company as payee and Johnson & Johnson and Johnson & Johnson Consumer Inc. or new JJCI as payors. Johnson & Johnson and new JJCI would be obligated to pay all costs and expenses of the debtor, including the cost of administering the Chapter 11 case and any and all other costs and expenses the debtor incurred in the normal course of business. In both situations, to the extent that any cash distributions received from Royalty A&M are insufficient. Ditter further filed a motion seeking approval of the establishment funding of $2 billion qualified settlement fund pursuant to Section 468B of the Internal Revenue Code or QSF Trust to pay tile claims in order to, quote, promote a prompt resolution of the case and avoid unnecessary litigation regarding any alleged harm suffered by tile claimants. As early as January 31, 2022, Two, Johnson Johnson and new JJCI would then place the $2 billion into the trust as a pre-funding for payment of current and future tolerated claims against or related to the debtor, but excluding any claims that would be paid or incurred to at the direction of any government or governmental entity. On October 13, Riverbed Technology announced that it had entered into a restructuring support agreement with its equity sponsors and an ad hoc group of lenders holding a supermajority of its funded secured debt regarding the terms of a comprehensive financial restructuring that would reduce its funded secured debt by over $1 billion and provide a cash infusion of $100 million, $65 million of which is available immediately. Upon consummation of the recapitalization, a group of institutional investors led by Apollo Global Management will become the majority owners of the company through their managed funds. According to sources, the restructuring deal includes giving Riverbed's first lien term lenders $900 million of first lien take-back paper, as well as $239 million of convertible preferred stock as a result of a partial conversion of their first lien holdings. Second lien term lenders will receive 100% ownership of the company in exchange for fully equitizing their second lien term loan due 2026, in addition to funding $100 million of new money in the form of convertible preferred equity, the sources said. 
The new 1.5% cash, 5% pick preferred stock will be convertible to common equity at plan equity value. Secondly, lenders will own about 50% of the company if all the preferreds are converted to common equity, the sources said. The existing unsecured notes will be left outstanding in an out-of-court scenario and will most likely be canceled in a Chapter 11, sources say. Riverbed notes that it expects to implement the restructuring deal through either debt exchange or, if necessary, an accelerated prepackaged court-supervised process. On October 14th, the PROMESA Oversight Board informed Puerto Rico's governor and legislative leaders that it will agree to strike pension cuts from a Commonwealth plan of adjustment and hike funding to the University of Puerto Rico and municipalities, among other conditions, for the passage of legislation for the issuance of new general obligation bonds and contingent value instruments contemplated in the Commonwealth plan of adjustment. The concessions and conditions were established in a letter from Chairman David Skeel to Governor Pedro Pierluisi, Senate President Jose Luis Dalmo, and House Speaker Rafael Hernandez regarding the Oversight Board's latest position in House Bill 1003, the bond CBI legislation still pending the legislature. Also, in a Wednesday, October 3rd opinion, Judge Laura Taylor Swain granted in part and declined in part the Promessa Oversight Board's motion for summary judgment and declared Act 7 nullified, unenforceable of no effect, while enjoining defendants from implementing and enforcing the legislation. Specific provisions of Act 7 are also nullified in light of the statute's language, quote, temporarily suspending any provision deemed invalid. The Oversight Board brought the lawsuit against Commonwealth government officials, Pierre Lucy and Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Advisory Authority, House Speaker Hannes and Senate President Delmo, seeking declaratory and injunctive relief with respect to Act 7 2021, a law enacted in June by the Puerto Rico legislature aimed at broad sweeping pension and debt reform. On October 14th, the LATAM Airlines debtors filed a motion seeking to extend their exclusive periods to file and solicit votes on a Chapter 11 plan by 42 days to November 26, 2021 and January 26, 2022, respectively. The current plan filing and solicitation deadlines, October 15 and December 15, were approximately one-month extensions granted by the court on September 23rd. The debtors recently cleansed an August-dated plan construct from an ad hoc bondholder group showing a term sheet which contemplated a $3.5 billion equity raise coupled with the issuance of a new term loan and unsecured debt, which together would total $2.25 billion and access to an undrawn $750 million first lien revolving credit facility. In contrast, Latin's original September 10 term sheet called for a $5 billion equity raise. On August 31st, Francesco Del Vecchio of Molis presented the ad hoc group's revised term sheet to Brent Hurley of PGT Partners. The revised non-binding proposal, Del Vecchio said in a letter included in disclosure, shows the ad hoc group's continued willingness to work constructively with the company toward a successful emergence from Chapter 11. The letter notes that the restricted members of the ad hoc group require responses to certain diligence requests on a cleansing basis before the offer can become binding. Top Red Stories this week included, Decision excluding 15,000 votes cast by Bevan Firm on Emirates plan could complicate Malakrat plan process, future mass tort cases. Supreme Court denies cert petition for Third Circuit's equitable mootness opinion in Nuvera. Bahrain Islamic Bank appeals adverse rulings in Sharia turnover litigation with our capita UCC. Intel said SA convertible group members Anchorage, Cyrus, filed Jackson no holder guarantee claims against Intel set parent debtors complicating plan confirmation. And now here's Jim from Houston with The Week Ahead. Well, good morning, all, and welcome to The Week Ahead. Monday, October 18th, earnings from Albertsons and a plan effectiveness status conference in Washington Prime. Tuesday, October 19th, repledge procedure motion in Corp Group and oral arguments in Malincrote. Wednesday, October 20th, earnings from Net. 
Netflix and NextEra. Thursday, October 21st, more earnings, this time from Tesla and Martin Midstream, among others, and a DS confirmation hearing in Katera, plus an exit financing and DS hearing in Aero, Mexico. And that's it for me. Back to New York. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the Reorg.com webinars and podcast pages, as well as Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend and see you next Friday.